welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Great to be here. And uh, I, always, I always figure if it's this hot outside and there's water in the vicinity... The people that are in church are probably the best people. <laughs> the most committed, the most faithful, most hungry for the things of God. And so let's, let's have a good time today. Today, this morning, tonight, and, and you guys have Keith Moore coming later this week. How cool is that? I know he comes regularly, but don't take it for granted. I mean, what a, what a gift of God. What a, what a blessing to have him. We're privileged. Thank you. Your pastors are awesome. They're great hosts and friends and so chill low pressure and just love God and love you guys and and uh, so committed you know being in the ministry all these years and pastoring the church you know it, there's some good things just to stay because <laughs> there are challenges sometimes ministry is fun and awesome and sometimes it's not <laughs> sometimes there's a challenge and so uh, we appreciate their faithfulness as I know you all do as well so we're going to get into some good things today I believe the Lord will bless us good to see Dominic we met him a couple years ago and and uh, got to know him a little bit as well so I think the Lord will do some good things here this morning and tonight we'll be better off for being here and uh, praise God. Amen. Well, let, let me just let me just start and, and open with prayer for a, for a moment. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your, your mercy that are new every morning. Thank you for your love and faithfulness towards us. We believe that you're at work here today in the lives of each and every person. You have something to say, something to do. You want to work in us according to your goodwill and pleasure. And we open our hearts to receive. I open myself as a vessel yielded to the Spirit of God to speak and to do those things that are right and necessary for this time. We give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God is good. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, uh, find the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. If you're new to church and you don't know what a 2 Corinthians is, you're okay. I understand. I didn't always know what one was. <laughs> and I found out there's a 1 Corinthians too, so it must be related. I was, I was reading something recently about uh, a couple, and they had a child that was like three years old, and, and the, the, mom and, the mom was looking at the child and becoming a little bit concerned because the child didn't look like her and didn't look like her husband. And so uh, she brought it to his attention. Well, she actually went and she had a DNA test run and come to find out that child didn't belong to them. <laughs> that was someone else's, someone else was the parents of that child and she brought it to her, the subject to her husband and he said, well yeah, don't, don't you remember when, when we were leaving the hospital the baby had wet the diaper and you said to take, take him in and change him? <laughs> he 
did. <laughs> uh, today, the thing that's on my heart in seeking the Lord uh, and what to talk to you about this morning is about change. <laughs> is about change. I call it keep the change. All right, let, let's, let's, uh, let, let's read here this one verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. It says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. And, and, and so uh, we know the Lord's design, the Lord's will is for us to experience his glory. And, uh, and it seems to be that he would want us to experience an ever increasing glory and, uh, and get to know him more and more. But the, 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 the one word, as you can probably see and have noticed already, that is contingent or that, that makes the word glory, um, the word glory hinges on it, is the word change. Okay, no change, no more glory. I don't get anything else. I don't get anything more. I don't get anything extra unless there's some kind of change that takes place. And, and I understand if you want to get contextual, and, and I believe in being contextual, uh, there's the glory of the old covenant versus the glory of the new covenant. And that's what he's talking about. And so there was great change that took place through Jesus. But this issue of things changing um, in order to improve is very, very real. In our fallen world today, we know many things need changed. Right. And, and it's not all bad, but, you know, you need to change your clothes. <laughs> you need to change your oil, you know, and the wiper blades and the furnace filters and <laughs> lots of things, uh, lots of mechanical things that we need to change, change the light bulbs. And, and, and just like if, if there are things in your car, your house, so forth, that don't get changed, eventually it produces problems. Right? You're going to have some trouble after a while if you don't change things up, if you don't uh, make some things new. Likewise, it is in our spiritual growth and development and our walk with God, our ability to, you know, live life to the full and fulfill his plan is if there is never any change taking place, there's going to be some problems. Yeah. I know there's some, there's some real value in being steady, and I'm not contrasting that. We want to be steady, Eddie, and consistent. Consistency is a great virtue, and uh, there are those who are on the other extreme, and they're constantly changing, and they change too many things. You know, you know that person? Can never, can never hold a job, can't keep relationships, can't... Uh, can't keep a church. <laughs> you know, everything, there's too much change. So there's that ditch. I'm not going to really focus on that. But there needs to be a, a healthy amount of, of change taking place in our lives. There really does. Or we're going to start running into problems somewhere al along the way. What are some reasons for, for needing change? Why do we need to have change? Well, number one is because something's wrong. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes we need to change just because something's wrong in the present condition of 
who we are, what's happening, what, what we're doing. And if something's wrong, it needs to be changed. Let's not fight for what's wrong. <laughs> uh, another reason is simply um, the issue of improvement. It's not necessarily wrong or bad, but it could be better. You know, we can make some changes to improve it. A lot of marriages are that way. They're not bad. They're not, good. They're not you know, at the end, but they could be better. You know, but there needs to be a willingness to make change so things can improve. Yeah, it can happen in church. It can happen in different ministries. Yeah, it's pretty good, but could it be better? And I think it's a good question to ask. It's a good question for, for all of us. And sometimes, sometimes there needs to be change, not necessarily because something's broken, something's wrong, or something's mediocre, uh, be, but, but because God's doing something different. And He's bringing us into a different season, or He's bringing us into a, a new um, aspect of our own calling and, uh, and His purpose for our lives. And we've finished something. We've completed a season, a task, and then there's something new. So there's a shift. There's a change. The cloud is moving. The wind's going a different direction, right? And, uh, and the spiritually perceptive will value those seasons, those times, and say, Lord, are you doing something new? Is there something that I need to do different? Sometimes change goes from, uh, and this is very real, but, you know, I'm a pastor, so I know where people live. Uh, sometimes there's a change that needs to go from someone doing nothing to doing something. Yeah, I mean, it is a, it's a real problem in the, the Christian life for someone to do nothing. You might remember when, uh, when Saul was on the road to Damascus and had that great experience with the Lord. And, uh, you know, he asked the Lord real quick, he asked him two things. He said, Lord, who are you? And then he said, and, and then the second question is, what do you want me to do? And many times we stop after the first question, we want to know the Lord. And it's important to know the Lord, and I think that is the first and, for, and most important question. We need to know Him, but then also know He has an assignment for you. And sometimes change needs to happen, and, and what's that change? It's called, get off your rear end <laughs> and do something for God. Amen. Not trying to earn his acceptance. Our, our acceptance is found in Christ. We understand. Uh, but still, after you know who you are and you're loved and accepted and made righteous in him, he has a job for you to do. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember years ago, well, uh, when, I was, uh, when I was in Bible school many years ago, um, it, it was... <laughs> I've always I've reflected upon it many times over the years that I sat there not only going to class and involved involved in church as far as you know serve services like this go to prayer meetings different different things uh, I was not a slouch I wasn't just doing nothing but I would hear I would hear the pastors and different ones talk about serving and using your ability to serve God and help in the church and I would say Amen. <laughs> and I would be like, yes, yes, that's good, amen. I agree with that. I had notes on it, you know. I had the scriptures. Uh, but it was probably a year and a half I heard that. And then it dawned on me. And I kind of felt dumb. <laughs> it just kind of hit me. I just, like, I totally don't do anything. <laughs> 
and I don't mean my heart was wrong in it. It was just kind of a revelation to me in the, in the moment. I was learning, learning, receiving, and, and maybe that was my season, but when it, when it hit me, it's like, I should probably be helping. You mean I, do, I love God? I mean, I'm committed. I spend time in prayer, but I don't do anything. And so, a and I immediately started making a change. Uh, an adjustment needed to happen. What was, was there something wrong in my life? Well, from the point of revelation, it would have been wrong. Right. I, don't, I didn't think I was in disobedience before that. I wasn't openly saying, no, I don't want to do anything for God. It wasn't that real to me. But the moment came when I did know, and now it's like, you better giddy up and do something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Saul had those two questions. I didn't plan on saying that, but maybe someone needs to do something. Uh, uh, but sometimes change goes from doing nothing to doing something. And sometimes change goes from doing something to doing something different. All right. And it's just a, a, another thing. I know our society today, uh, so much, there's so much emphasis on doing, um, so much emphasis on being accepted the way you are. You know, the way you are is real popular. Right. The way I am. And, uh, you know, there, there's sometimes too much focus, or, or let me say it this way, not enough focus on improvement, on change, um, but the status quo is embraced. Just the way things are. Don't ruffle my feathers. Don't rock the boat. Uh, some people pick a church based on that. Right. You know, I go here because I'm comfortable. Well, I understand that and I get that. Sometimes people come to me and they, and they come to our church and say, Pastor, I'm so glad to be here because the way you preach it, you, that's everything I believe. You say it the exact way I believe it. And, and we have agreement. And I'm like, okay, I get that. I do. I'm a, I understand that, that wanting to connect in that way. But my thought goes to this. Okay, but what happens when I say something you don't agree with? Because it's only a matter of time. I'm eventually going to do something you don't like. So what kind of, what are you telling me by saying this? I just love it here just because it's, it's everything that I like and I agree with. So what? I mean, it sounds like I can't even help you. I mean, because we're never, we never actually grow unless we run into something that's different from the way we were doing it or thinking about it or challenging us to step up. Yeah. And so I understand the uh, being accepted and the way you are, but sometimes the way we are is elevated too high yeah. as, as irreversible, unchangeable. Uh, it's a condition that should never be challenged. What is it? The way I am. And it gets, it gets surrounded in pride. It gets surrounded in, I, I'm all this and don't you question, don't you question me. But think about it. I mean, in reality, wouldn't we agree we can all do better? I can be, a be I can be better at some things. I mean, our muscles, you can make them bigger if you want. They're designed, muscles are designed where they can improve. Uh, our brains can grow. You can learn new things, even if you're an old dog, right? <laughs> it, it, we're we're kind of created to improve. To make changes, to, 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 become, to become more. Our spiritual life can get better. Even if it's great. 
you, God is infinite. I mean, he is unfathomable and, and we, can, we can grow in our knowledge of him. We can grow closer in our walk with him. Our love for him can increase and abound, right? And so this, this is who we are. Uh, the gospel itself that we preach, the good news. I mean, you know, that's, that's about change. The gospel is about change. It's good news. What's the good news? That we can just stay the way we are? No, if that were the case, why would we even come to him? Why would we, you know, bother coming to church? Why would we pray? Why would, if, if we were just okay the way we were? We come to him to receive Jesus because the way we are is messed up. It's called going from sinfulness to righteousness. It's going from brokenness to wholeness. It's going from wandering aimlessly to having a divine purpose and calling in your, in, in your life. Uh, the gospel is about, uh, about change. The very word repent means a change, change of mind. The, you know, the Greek word uh, means to change your mind. I'm going one way and now I'm going another way. You know, when people come to come to the Lord or they come to church and say, well, I just just is the way I am. I want someone to accept me the way I am. Well, that's not the right motive. That's not the right heart. I can understand wanting to be loved right where you are. And I want that. You want that. We want people who will love us no matter what we're go what's going on. But our heart should be, Lord Jesus, here I am. Do with me what you want to do. And if I'm going the wrong direction, I'm looking to you because you know all and see all and have all power. Tell me which way to go. Amen. Amen. But repentance is going, I was going this way, now I'm going this way. And so that, that change is something, uh, something that's good. Again, sometimes, uh, you know, I hear this from uh, single people who are looking for, a, looking for a spouse, looking for a mate. And they say, I, I want someone who will just, just love me the way I am. And again, I understand that. I, I, I'm not down on you for that. But if it's not working, you might want to shower. <laughs> you know, you might want to hit the gym. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a new style. <laughs> you see, I, I understand the heart, but I'm just saying we all can change and we might as well. We might as well. This is not a message of condemnation. I mean, if something is really wrong, you want to change that. But in other areas, our changes are more minor, but improvement. You know, the, the Lord's plan, the Lord's timing. And these things can be of great value to us. And, and if we're just digging in our heels, this is the way I am. This is the way I've always been. This is the way my family is. This is the way I've always believed. Well, God can't do much with you at all. He really can't. Everybody okay? There really is a need for change. And uh, those who resist it eventually resist success in life and effectiveness in ministry. Uh, you know, have you ever heard the last seven words of a dying church? It goes like this. We've never done it that way before. How many are counting right now? <laughs> Did I get it right? Was it seven? Thank you. <laughs> We've never done it that way. We've never done it that way before. <laughs> We've never done it that way before. What, what, what do you mean by that? Well, 
because we've never done it that way, we're not even open to new ideas, open to new ways of thinking, new ways of being. And I think most of us should admit we are, you know, we're in this incubation chamber of, this, of society of our country, of our world, of the media. And many of us, many of you, of course, you're interjecting the Word of God. That helps tremendously. But our society affects us, and we think a certain way because of what's happening around us. And we've got to intentionally, um, you know, intervene in that, interject something that will bring positive change. Now, now, now I'm going to get to some more scripture here in a moment, but uh, big changes need to be spirit-led. Okay? Definitely. Don't make huge decisions. Don't move across the country without praying. Right. <laughs> you know, don't move across the country without asking spiritual leaders to say, hey, you think I'm making the wrong move here, right move? Major changes, relationship, marriages, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, big financial things. Be spirit-led for sure. But there are, there are so many small areas. I think we can use the wisdom of Proverbs. We can use the scriptures and say, I see how my life is different than this. And I can just make change. I don't even need to pray about that. You know, sometimes people have come to me and said, Pastor, do you, would, you, uh, uh, would you pray about such and such, doing such and such? I said, no, I'm not going to pray about that. They think the answer is automatically yes. Well, why won't you pray that? Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> why would I pray about it? <laughs> would you pray about going here? No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> now, if the Lord deals with me, yes. But uh, you understand what I'm saying? But if it's in the scriptures, uh, we can do things without praying. We can do things just because it's there. And just pray, Lord, give me the strength to do it. But I'm going to make these changes. Why don't we make the changes that we sometimes need? Sometimes it's because of comfort. We're comfortable the way we are. We're comfortable with how we do things. How many have routines that are comfortable and yeah, you don't want them interrupted. I'm that way. I don't want, them, I don't want some things inter interrupted. But sometimes needed change doesn't take place because I don't like it. It's uncomfortable to me. Or it could be a negative motivation that's called fear. Fear of making the wrong decision fear of making the wrong choice and we don't change because we're going to do the wrong thing. Sometimes it's blindness. I don't see what changes I need to make. Amen. Amen. And come to think of it, I think tonight you're probably going to hear some things that will help you with that. But you'll have to be there because I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. Uh, but sometimes it's, it's blindness. We need to make a change. Sometimes other people around us see it. It's like, why are they doing that? But we don't get it. We don't see it. We just don't get it. We need another perspective. And, uh, and sometimes, again, it's just lack of endurance or continuance. We, we start and then stop and then start and then stop. You know, they say, this is not a scripture, but they, some people say it takes three weeks to establish a new habit. Anyone ever heard that before? Sometimes it's just pressing through for a period of time and then, then you're good. I've noticed some things don't work in three weeks. If I, if I go three weeks without eating ice cream, I still want it in week four. <laughs> so that's, that's definitely not a scripture. <laughs> Nevertheless, there are times when we just need to keep doing something for a period of time and then that change will take root and it'll become the new us. Amen. Let's go to Acts, if you would. Acts chapter 10.
Acts the 10th chapter and it, without reading the whole thing for time's sake uh, just we'll just look at a couple verses but to bring you into up to speed with the context if you know the story here Peter had this great vision of the sheet and the animals all these unclean animals the Lord in the vision said rise Peter kill and eat and it was basically a graphic demonstration or way that the Lord was telling Peter the gospel's not just for the Jews right. it's for the Gentiles as well they're to be brought in so you can read about that and and then in verse in verse 34 it reads Acts 10 34 then Peter opened his mouth and said in truth I perceive that God shows no partiality but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him so 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 I want you to to consider uh, Peter got this revelation Peter got the revelation that God shows no partiality do you know what that means though right before this right before Acts chapter 10 Peter didn't have that revelation. Peter believed about God that he was partial. Peter believed about God that he had favorites, winners and losers. God was picking winners and losers. He was choosing one nation over. Peter believed that. This is Peter who preached on the day of Pentecost got filled with the Spirit, preached a mighty powerful resurrection message about, you know, the Jews, you know, crucifying Jesus and now God has raised him up and all these people got saved. God is moving mightily through him. Miracles, signs and wonders coming through Peter. And yet, and yet Peter's belief, is, belief system is this, God has favorites. That means Peter, for illustration purposes, might say, no, God didn't say, Jesus didn't die for you. He died for you. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, we would look at that now and think, you got to be kidding me. You're a man of God. You're a messenger with the gospel and you're just cutting out most of the planet. You would think, wow, something's wrong with you, dude. We need to cancel you. <laughs> right? <laughs> yet, yet watch, God used Peter tremendously with some wrong information. He used him limitedly and wanted to expand how he used him, but he didn't, he was operating based on what he knew at the moment until this great revelation, which was dramatic, which was, you know, hard to be grasped at the beginning. Uh, but then he did, and what happened? Now the whole world opens up. But Peter had to change. What if he wouldn't have changed? What if he would have said, oh, that must have been my dinner last night. What's this vision of the sheep? What am I, what am I even thinking eating bacon? <laughs> Pork chops. <laughs> Why am I even think that? I resist that. I'm not thinking that. Well, what if he would have done that? What if he would have resisted that change? Well, his ministry... <laughs> going like this would have gone like this. It, th that was a turning point. And he would have greatly limited his influence in, in the days and years to come. Um, but he had to change his beliefs. Is that ever true about us? Yes. No, I believe what I believe and that's it. Come on. Peter wasn't that way. He was entrenched and he was, he was a, one of the leaders. He was the water walking Peter. 
right? He was, you know, gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, Peter. And yet he was wrong about some stuff. How many think we ought to keep that open heart in our own selves? I could be wrong about things. I remember many, many years ago sitting in a message, sitting in a service, listening to a teaching and thinking the whole time, that's not right. That's not right. That is wrong. He's not right about that. And uh, I, I've used that illustration in different times over the years, and I never told who it was, but since you guys know, I was, I was listening to Keith Moore. <laughs> I'll tell you, just because we're friends now. Uh, and uh, I'm thinking, he's not right about that. He's not right. Uh, here's what I'm glad about. I didn't tell anyone that. Because <laughs> it wasn't too long later. And I thought, you know what? He was right about that. I was wrong about that. I was glad I kept it to myself, but still inwardly I'm thinking, resist, resist. That's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And it's okay to, you know, ask questions. It's okay to seek truth and not just swallow everything. But at the same time, I was wrong initially, and I'm glad I changed. I'm glad Peter changed here. And I wonder if the Lord will want some of us in here to change. And and I wonder what will be the results of our change. I don't think Peter fully comprehended. I'm about to have a dream tonight. My whole life is going to change as long as well as millions of others. Uh, sometimes it's, I don't think we realize, hey, I'm coming to church today. And after today, everything's going to be different. It is by receiving, embracing something. I think we should be slow to say, you know, I can't do that, or I can't believe that, I can't accept, or slow to say, I could never. Just like I'm sure Peter would say, oh, I would never preach to the Gentiles. I would never preach to those dogs, right? I think we ought to be saying, oh, I would never, I would never work in this area, I would never help in this area, I would never give this, I would never, or whatever it might be, I, I could never do that. Some of us would, could have said many years ago, I would never stand in front of a group of people and speak. Why, I took high school speech. That was horrible. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the worst experiences of my life. So I'm never doing this. <laughs> and even when the Lord called me and dealt with me, I was not in a position where I thought I could do it. Where I thought, oh yeah, that's my natural gifting. Um, I, I'll succeed at this any day. <laughs> no. He, calls, he, he does that to a whole bunch of people. Uh, where he has them do things that they think they can't. They think are impossible. And um, lo and behold, <laughs> you obey God and His grace comes upon you. The Spirit of the Lord will enable you to do things that, I tell you, people who grew up with you would question it. People who know you, you know yourself. You'd say, I could never do that. But I tell you, when you answer the call of God upon your life, amazing things will happen. Praise God. So I wonder, I wonder, Pastor, even in your church, there are probably groups of people that you guys could reach. Groups of people in the, in the area that you're not even touching now. But the Lord will use some of you to help get them. Yeah, it'll just be a change, a shift. Just be a change. Maybe you'll have a dream. Maybe you won't. But the Lord will change something in your life. You'll be able to reach them in a way that you haven't reached them before. Now, now go over a few pages to Acts 18. 
Acts chapter 18, and notice with me over here, let's read verse 24 about another guy. 1824. Uh, now, now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in scriptures, came to Ephesus. Okay, so who's this guy? Apollos, you know, he's kind of named after their Greek gods. So, kind of a bigwig. Yeah. You know, Apollos. Where'd you get the, what kind of a name is that? <laughs> and so, this is no small, but, but he seems to be somewhat living up to a high standard of his name by the description. This, he was eloquent and he was mighty in the scriptures. So this is an accomplished individual who is very skilled in what he's doing. This is Apollos. He came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit. So he's not a slacker either. He's serious. He spoke and taught, look, accurately the things of the Lord, though he only knew the baptism of John. So, concerning the baptism of John, John the Baptist, up to that, he was powerful, eloquent, mighty. He, he, he was accurate in his, his instructions. You, you remember the, the Corinthians, when they were, fought, when they were fighting, because they had the carnal church, and they were a bunch of immature people, and, and they said, I'm of Paul. And what did the other group say? I'm of Apollos. So he's right up there with Paul. You know, held in high regard. This is a, a heavy hitter here. He spoke accurately, though he only knew the baptism of John. So verse 26, so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Uh, and, and when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God. Look, more accurately. He was accurate. He wasn't doing a bunch of stuff wrong. He needed more information. And can you think about Aquila and Priscilla? I mean, they got cool names that go together, but uh, they're going to, we need to pull Apollos aside and instruct him. I mean, that's quite a tall task. I'm glad that they were willing to do that. But here's what's cool. Uh, Apollos was not proud. He listened to him. He's like, I'm instructed. I know. No. He's like, yeah, teach me. What do you have for me to say? You know, I don't want to be. I've been to Bible college. I've heard from the best of the best. I've followed after this person and this person. Well, did you learn humility? <laughs> for many of them, did you learn that you don't know it all? And maybe there's some, some changes, some improvement you can make. Yeah. And Apollos was instructed this way. They brought him aside and taught him more accurately. He was accurate. He needed more accuracy. This could probably be said of all of us on some level where we have some really good things working in our lives, but we could be more accurate, more precise, get more information. Verse 27, and, and, and when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. Why? He just got taught that. He was only coming up to John the Baptist. And now he's learning about the grace of God. Now he's learning about the Lord Jesus and resurrection. And 
Now he's greatly helping people, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. And so Apollos was a great preacher, but had need of further information. Amen. And so that, that's a type of change. He changed. He, he got more information. Therefore, he could become more effective. I would imagine there are some in here that that came to this church. You were already a believer. You were already a Christian. But once you came here, you heard some things you hadn't heard in the past. Can some of you relate to that? Yeah. And your so your revelation got upgraded. Some of you came and received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that changed everything in your life. It's like you were, it's not like you were a bad person. You may have had a good relationship with God according to what you knew. And then you got upgraded. And now everything is different. And sometimes these little revelations, you call them little or big, sometimes they're big for us. I mean, someone's got a headache and it goes away. I know it's like maybe not going to kill you, but it's still big. Why? Because pain is pain. That's a big thing in the moment. Sometimes small revelations become big life-changing events. And, uh, and the Lord will do this for us and help us. Uh, but maybe some of us are just one revelation away from increased fruitfulness. Sometimes I think, I think we miss it thinking everything is about uh, I need to pray and stand. And I believe in praying and standing. Don't get me wrong. Praying and standing, praying and standing, praying and standing, praying and standing. And, uh, well, how long have you been doing that? Well, for six years now. <laughs> here's, what, here's what I lean towards, is that you probably need information. Right. A revelation. You need light. Because when the light comes, and you sometimes it's just a, just a, a little change. And boom, the manifestation of God's power is there. Yeah. And it's not a matter of, I just need to dig in, dig in. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of like when people say, well, you know, prayer is powerful. I believe in the power of prayer. Well, what do you mean by that? What kind of prayer? Because if you don't know the word, you could be involved in unbelieving prayer or unscriptural prayer. You could be praying wrong ways, wrong things. But if you get the word of God inside of you, then your prayers come up. Right? So sometimes we, we attach our commitment to one method, to one mode, and we're doing it because that's all we know at the moment. That's all we have. That's all the information we have. And we're digging in and thinking, this is going to work one of these days. One of these days, I'm going to get the manifestation of my healing, my victory, my answer. One of these days, one of these days. Well, and I, again, I, I appreciate the person who sticks with it. They don't give up. They don't quit. But sometimes it's the, our prayer needs to shift and say, Lord, open my eyes. Lord, show me something different. You know, New Testament prayers uh, in Ephesians and Colossians and so forth. The focus of New Testament, New Covenant praying is not, Lord, do this for us. But it is, Lord, reveal to us what you've already done. 
And if the focus of our day, how we relate to God, is contingent upon revelation or information needed for us to make adjustments or to believe, then sometimes I, we think, I need to pray more. I need to get more people praying for me. We're in error there. We actually are getting further away from our answer than, yeah. than closer to it. Yeah. And so change is what's necessary. It's a change of thought. It's a different way of thinking. Sometimes it's a com complete reversal. Sometimes it's a minor adjustment. But those changes inwardly enable us to connect with God. You know, it's just like you're missing. You're, you're, you're just, just, miss, just slightly missing. And just a little adjustment. You know, I, t I turned on the TV the other day and, you know, Star Trek was on. So I thought, this has got to be the Lord. <laughs> Do we bear witness? Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was one of the, the, one of the recent movies where, uh, where the ship was about to, the Enterprise was about to hit Earth and, and the warp core was offline and Kirk had to go into the contaminated area. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't, but this is where a change needs to happen in your life. You need to watch some good shows. No. But he had to go in there and align uh, the thingamajigger to, uh, to bring the warp core back online. And he was kicking it. Some of you picture that scene, kicking it. And when it, it popped in, and boom, all of a sudden the ship comes alive again. Yeah. And sometimes there's little adjustments in our lives. We make a change, we make a shift, we see it different, we act different, and just like that, the power of God is manifest. Isn't it amazing how in the scripture, in the ministry of Jesus and others, how the power of God manifesting didn't seem hard, and it didn't seem complicated, and it didn't seem like it was tied to, you know, uh, great disciplines and great vast knowledge, it was just minor things. Just little changes, just little happenings. You know, the woman with the issue of blood or the woman with the demon-possessed child and just make little adjustments. And just like that, there's instant power manifest. And so I'm thinking, if it's taking us years, I'm stepping back saying, Lord, don't let me, don't let me be thinking about this wrong or approaching you wrong. This shouldn't be hard. You're for me and not against me. You are love. You are with me. Jesus already paid for this. For me to struggle with this year after year to try to make this work, there's something I'm missing here. There's something I need to know. And so teach me. I'm going to make changes. I'm going to make adjustments. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes, let me just say this by unction. Sometimes little changes he asks us to do. Hey, why don't you go help out with the ushers? Why don't you go serve in the kids ministry? Sometimes those are precursors to other relationships that reveal other, uh, other workings of God. One thing leads to another. One thing leads to another. Sometimes he wants you to be around certain people. Certain relationships are going to help you in your marriage. Certain relationships that you have with other people in the church are going to help you to grow and increase in ways that you wouldn't if you didn't kind of weren't in that environment where the relationship was forced. And so you pay attention to little things, little promptings, little promptings. I, we have in our church several uh, testimonies of um, guys who serve in our church as ushers that have told us if I wasn't an usher, I'd be divorced. That's it. 
And I'm thinking, well, don't you mean if you hadn't heard my outstanding teaching <laughs> on love and relationships, you would be divorced? I think you said that wrong. It almost sounded like you said if I weren't an usher. <laughs> And what they mean, uh, what they mean by that, you know, I'm just obviously joking around with you. I'm, I'm thrilled. It doesn't have to come from my teaching. What, what it came from is they served and they got in relationship with other guys who helped them. Yeah. They're just doing, they're just serving together. And in the meantime, hey, could you pray with me? I got this going on. Hey, this is happening at home. And they get advice from one another and pray with one another. But that by their own mouth, they said, yeah, I'd have been divorced if I wasn't an usher. Now, what scripture is that? That's not a verse. Usher yourself to a better marriage. Sounds like a good book. <laughs> no, but it's just following little promptings to do anything. The Lord's leading me to pray more. Okay, good. You say, well, why? I don't understand why. You don't need to know why. Just do it. Yeah? Lord's leading me to give extra. Why? I don't get it. Everything's fine. I don't know. But if he's prompting you, you get that, you, you know, double check, seek the Lord, see if it's right, and then do it. Because he's making things happen all over the place. You might be Apollos already, eloquent and mighty, and need to learn a few things. Amen. Praise God. Let me finish. Everybody okay? Yes. All right. You know, I was thinking of, uh, one pastor came to me. Uh, from a different state, not my state, not your state, uh, a few years ago, and, and asking me about, about doing church and some questions about how we do church. And, and I, gave him, uh, I gave him some ideas, some you know, suggestions. Uh, I'm not here to command anyone or tell them what to do or anything like that, but just regarding how he preached. I said, you, know, you might want to consider this. Give, th give, give this some thought. And, and his response was, um, well, he said, I, I just have to be me. And I thought, okay, but, but you is boring. <laughs> no, that's, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, I thought that. <laughs> that might sound harsh, but I'm, my, my, my thought was not, you're not called, you're not gifted, you don't have good revelation. Just a little tweak, but he, he so embraced, this is who I am. This is me. That, that's not you, that's just your habit. Right. That's just a bad habit you've grown into, whether you saw someone else do it, or you've come to that yourself, but you could make a little adjustment and you could be better at it. I know that's true about myself. And so we, we have to avoid letting pride slip in to keep us from making any adjustments or changes in our lives. This is who I am. Accept me. Blah. How about, you're, you're, you know, you're a valuable person to God, period. No question about it. Even with your funkiness. Right. Even with my goofiness. God loves me. I'm accepted in the beloved. Uh, but I'm interested in succeeding in life. Yeah. I'm interested in, you know, making the most of this. I used to, I used to milk cows. <laughs> I grew up in a dairy family in California. And then in Idaho. We milk cows. One of the rules is you have to get all the milk out of the cow. Can't leave some in. It hurts the cow. It's bad. So I want to do that with life. I want to get everything out of it. Yeah. I want to get everything out of my relationship with God. How far can I push this thing? That's really 
how, how far can I go? Don't limit me. Don't muzzle the ox, you know. Uh, praise God. 1 Thessalonians 3.10 reads, Night and day praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Paul wrote that. We want to perfect what is lacking in your faith. He didn't say you, you guys don't have any faith. He didn't say your faith is bad. He just said, I see some things that you're lacking. I see a few holes here and there. We can plug those holes. We can make a few minor adjustments and you're going to soar like never before. You're going to be able to go higher than you ever have. Uh, amen. Amen. Listen to this verse. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know as I also am known. So no matter how much we've experienced or what we've seen, all of us would have to admit, I only know part of it. I'm only seeing a little bit. And I can see more and I can operate on a higher level. Praise God. Could it, could it be said about any of us if someone hasn't seen us in a very long time and they come up to us and say, you know what? You haven't changed a bit. Eesh. That's not good. Now, if you're talking physically and you're, you haven't, you don't look any older, okay, we all would accept that as a compliment depending on your age, but mine, yeah. Thank you. But other than that, I want to do some changing. I want, to, I, want, I, I, I want to be different. I want to watch out for the I need to be me excuse. Listen to this one last verse, then, we'll, then we're done. First Chronicles 12, 32. Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So, these sons of Issachar had understanding. They knew what? They knew what they, what they were supposed to do, what they ought to do. Wisdom to recognize what and when changes are needed is important, vitally important. And that's one of the things we should all seek God for. Do it in your home, in your business, your, your job, your finances, your, your church, your ministry. What do I need to do? And when do I need to do it? Help me to have discernment like this to know what I ought to do. Not just tell you what I am doing, but what ought I to do. Amen? If you grow, you're going to need to change. And if you don't grow, you're going to need to change. <laughs> yeah? If your foot grows, you're going to need a bigger shoe. Right? And if you're, you know, and if you're... a Young, if you're a child and your foot's not growing, it's like, well, something's wrong here then. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in us today according to your will, according to your great plan. We yield ourselves to you. We thank you that you are working in us today, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. We thank you for the grace of God that is sufficient for each one to rise up, to take their place, to be all that you've called them to be, to do all that you've called them to do. We thank you for great and mighty things to come, that you have plans for us, plans for this house, 
plans for this church in this region, in this area. We believe that you are. We're asking you, seeking you to give the revelation, to give the understanding, to give more accurate information if necessary so that each and every person can rise up, become all that you've called them to be. They can do what you've called them to do. They can succeed in life. They can succeed in fulfilling their purpose on the earth. We're trusting in you to guide and lead each and every person. Oh, thank you, Lord. We're giving you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, all the thanks, for you are guiding and leading each one in what they are to do. Thank you, Lord. We're trusting you now, giving you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Hey, uh, hey, uh, let's do this. Let me, can I do two things? One is, is, is uh, I want to pray for someone who's kind of got like uh, br breathing uh, issues, like lung restrictions in, in, inside of them. I don't need you to come down. I could have you just put your, put your hands on yourself. Some kind of, you know, it's not real, it's not real strong like it ought to be. Uh, it, who am I talking about, talking about there? Who's got, that, got those kind of issues? Okay, several people. And uh, put your hands on yourself right there, right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you right here, right now. Healing power goes into these. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Healing goes right into these. Their lungs are made whole, are opened up, made strong and made new. We give you all the praise. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Every bit made whole. Thank you, Lord, for the glory of God. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. It is so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for working in them today. We give you all the glory. Maybe you've come to church today and you've never received salvation. You've never been saved. Uh, what, I, what, what I mean by that is, is this. If you died today, you wouldn't go to heaven. Or you're not sure if you would go to heaven. And, and you want to be sure. You know, you can be. You, you can be. And uh, let, me, let me tell you real quick how, how this works. Um, uh, you have sinned before a holy God. And I'm not kicking you to the curb or condemning. Ah, so have I. <laughs> the scripture says it this way. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He is perfect. He is flawless. He is holy. And we have all missed it by a mile. The solution to that sin problem can I tell you, it's not religion, it's not good works, it's not give to charity, it's not come to church more. The solution to the sin problem is not anything we can do. But here's the good news. It's something that He did for us when God sent His Son. And Jesus came and lived a sinless life and died a sinner's death. He died, He suffered, He, he was hung on the cross. And He did that to take our place. It was brutal beyond our comprehension. He took your sin and mine, the sin of the world. He took an outward beating. He took an inward beating that we couldn't see. And that's He bore the curse. He died for your sin and my sin. You know why? So we wouldn't have to die for our own sin. Yeah, I deserve to die. He died in my place. That's God's love for you. That's God's love for me. He did it. He suffered. The price is paid. Justice is satisfied. On the third day, he was raised up from the dead. He's alive today. And now God's part is done. As far as he's concerned, your balance is zero. Your prison cell is swung wide open. As far as God is concerned, everyone can come to him. 
Our part of this equation is to just do it. We say yes, we accept, we receive what he's offering. God's part is over. He stands hand outstretched, offering salvation, forgiveness, eternal life to everybody. Our part is to say, yes, I receive that. I did that. I'm so glad I did. If you haven't done that, you want to do that today? Uh, Jesus called this being born again. John 3, he said, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. If you've been born again, uh, well, you know you have because you were there when it happened. It couldn't have happened like by oops. Oops, I got saved. No one is going to be in heaven except for those who chose to be there. No one accidentally goes. You go on purpose. Amen. And so maybe, maybe you'd say, well, I don't know if I really have been born again. I've had a number of people over the years come to our church. They say, I, I used to, I've been in church for years. I got baptized in water. I did this, this, and this. But when you said it like that, I, said, I realized I'd never actually been born again. I say, well, that's fine. Let's do it right now. And they did. Amen. So today, uh, before, before I finish, turn it back over to your pastor. And, and uh, so blessed to be here. Uh, if you would like to receive the Lord today, here's what we're going to do. In just a moment, I'll have you lift up your hands. Okay. Across the building. I'll count to three like this. One, two, three. Bam. When I do that again, just shoot your hands up in the air. All across the building, I'll acknowledge each and every one of you. And uh, to be clear, though, who should lift up their hand today? Number one, anyone at all who would say, if I died today, I wouldn't go to heaven, or I don't know if I'd go to heaven, and I want to know. Number two, anyone today who would say, I've never been born again, or I don't know if I have it, even if you believe in God or been to church, but you've never been born again. Come on, you lift your hand. Or number three, anyone at all who would just say it this way, I've never given all my heart and life once and for all to the Lord. I've never gone all in with God. And I want to do that today. Today's my day to do that. You lift your hand up in the air and uh, I'll include you in this prayer. Good, good, good. Everybody ready? Ready, ready, ready. Everybody know what you're going to do? On three, on three, just hold them up in the air. Hold them up long enough so I can see everybody and, uh, and then you can put them back down. Here we go. One, two, three. Bam, lift them up today. Amen. One, two, three right there. Good, good, good. Four over there. Thank you for those. Five over there. Good. Thank you for those. Good, 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 good. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 Awesome. Let's all stand. Praise God. Praise God. Could I, could I, uh, could I get you, you guys to do one more thing? I, I, like I said, I want to pray with you. I want to pray. I'd like to pray with you personally, all five of you or six in a group right down here. That way, that way they can give you some material and so forth before you leave. Absolutely. If you raise your hand today or if you should have raised your hand and you want to, want to come pray, would you come right now and come pray with me right down here? We'll do this together. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Awesome. Thank you for coming down. Good, good, good. God bless you. The Lord is good. Praise God. God bless you guys. Amen. Awesome. God bless you. Good, good, good. Amen. One more coming from over here. Come on, 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 come on. Amen. No pressure. It's just, it's just like salvation and forever. <laughs> 
Praise God. Okay, would you guys do this? That's, uh, uh, I'll lead you in a prayer. Can I have everybody say it with us together? Just to support. Try to forget about them. God hears you right now. He hears your voice. Let's say it together. Dear God in heaven, I repent of my sins. I turn my life to you. I believe in Jesus. He died for me on the cross. He paid for all my sins. He was raised from the dead. And he's alive today. I receive him now as my Savior. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I give all my heart and all my life to you. I receive your forgiveness, your love, and eternal life. I'll never be the same. Thank you. According to your word, I'm saved. I'm forgiven. And I'm free. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. What a good day. Best day ever. Amen. Hey, hold on just a second. Let me, can I, can I ask, um, uh, who, uh, we prayed for lungs earlier. Who can say, I can already tell my lungs have changed. There's been an opening. Something's freeing. I see a hand over there. Good. Hand over here. Hand over here. Good, good. Thank you. God bless you. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Like to get, like to testify. Amen. Pastor, do you want to? do something here <laughs> you know, um, I'll just say this um, there's angels in heaven rejoicing right now yes. yeah, it says when one sinner repents all heaven rejoices so even if you have loved ones that have gone on before you they are they don't care about what house you live in what kind of but they know when you make a decision for the Lord they rejoice because they see past this illusion of the enemy and all this oppression this is a great day. Yeah. Everybody in this room right now should be laughing and smiling and rejoicing because this, this is what it's all about. This is it. Glory to God. And people online, I felt, before you guys go anywhere, altar ministry workers, would you come forward at this time, please? But those of you watching online, I sense there's some people online that you heard some of the things uh, Mark said about... Um, going to church, uh, being a good person, being water baptized, but you're not 100% sure you're born again. And I believe that prayer accounted for you too. So if you prayed that prayer, the Holy Spirit's right there where you are. He, he manifested His power in your life. You are born again. Rejoice and be glad. And then tell somebody what you did because this thing was not done in a corner. This is something we should be expressing every day of our life, one way or the other, that we're children of God and we're happy and we're blessed and you can be too. So we're just very thankful for those online. There's a moderator there. They will talk with you. They will chat with you. You can email our, the church. Please let, let us help you from this point forward as well. Guys, if you wouldn't mind going over there, you two right, going right over here to my left, go ahead and see these people. They got a free Bible for you. They got a book for you free of charge. They want to get to know you as, as friends. So praise the Lord. It's been good. That's, that's the biggest change you could ever change from darkness to light, from the power of Satan and the, to God. The biggest change you could ever make is the change that just happened here. And if, and if we just changed only for, you know, natural things only, then 
we're missing the greatest thing because what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? And so if you pray that prayer, you're born again. We're so glad that we got to witness this. It's powerful. It'll last forever. We love you all so much. And if you don't have a local church, we're here for you. There's a lot of good churches around, but we're here for you as well. So if you need a local church, whether it's through e-members or through personally, we're here for you. We're just a big family doing our best to help people and love God. So tonight at six o'clock is going to be amazing. We will live stream it as well for those of you that are out of town. So thanks for coming. Hang out as long as you want and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab. 